Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello, welcome to the first Edmund Park Royals podcast of 2023, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. We're back from the Midlands, but we're back with zero points after a 1-0 defeat away at West Bromwich Albion today. Been joined to discuss our first loss of the year by with... With Paul Mann. Paul, not really the start of the year you want, is it? Um, No, but being realistic, I couldn't see anything else but a West Brom win today. They're in the absolutely amazing form. That now gives them 24 points out of the last 30. They haven't conceded a goal in open play for nearly 900 minutes now. I mean, they are banging form. And you look at their midfield, uh, Malombe, you've got Swift. You got Wallace. I mean, they got some quality championship players in there. So, yeah, as much as it's not ideal, I didn't come away from the game thinking, oh, this is really disappointing. This is terrible. I thought we've put in everything we can. And that's all you can ask, isn't it? Yeah. When the players give 100%, it's difficult to to find too much to criticise uh, about, the, about the overall performance, I guess. So we've also been joined by Matt Lansley, you were at the Hawthorns today. Fun, fun away day, fun away ground. What are your thoughts on the Hawthorns in general? Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun day. I, I always enjoy going to the away matches. Um, I think, to be honest, the Hawthorns is a bit of an interesting ground because it's, it's one of those that when it's loud, it is actually really quite loud. But it goes in the same elements. It just goes dead for like five minutes as well. It's, it, it's, it's, it's. I uh, think it was it, very, it was very loud when they scored. And yeah, after they scored, it was very loud for the next 25 minutes. But before that, it was up and down. Yeah. Yeah. The first the first the first 15 minutes was was quite loud as well. But I mean, they had, you know, three, four chances, you know, to to, to score. So you kind of expect it for that. But but yeah, you know, there was there was protests as well against against the owners, um, you know, which sadly we've we've been in that situation as well. So, you know, I can sympathize with with the West Brom fans, seemingly not many. Reading fans seem to want to sympathise in that instance either, which I thought was interesting given our position less than six months ago. But maybe some Reading fans, you know, have very short memories or, you know, aren't too bothered about other clubs. But yeah, no, hopefully they can get behind the scenes all sorted because, you know, I think maybe they won't care if they go up this season. Who knows? But um, but yeah, hopefully their, their protests will have the desired effects for them. Yeah, the protests were 
a thing. I'm not quite sure how effective they will be, given, you know, I feel like it might have been going on for a little while now. But um, let's discuss the game. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of move past the West Brom protests because none of us have full knowledge, really, of what's going on at West Brom, except for the fact that Ron Gourlay is somehow going to ruin their club. In some way. <laughs> Yeah, Who knows? let's never mention that man again if possible. No. I'll try my best. Uh, we had three changes today, Paul. So we had Tom Holmes who missed out with an illness of some kind. I did speculate on the way back from this that he maybe just hung over from New Year's Eve still. Possibly. Who knows? I doubt it. But uh, Nabi Sar missed out uh, due to a calf pull or strain from Norwich. It appeared like Paul Ince is basically just resting him. Uh yeah, but apparently he was tightness in both his groins, but he should be okay. It was just a more of a precaution than actually. He's always in an injury. Yeah, I can't say I buy into that one that much. Well, that's what Pauline says. You yeah, know, so, he's the uh, person who's there. What Pauline says and what Pauline means, I think sometimes are two different things as we discussed. 100%. 100%. Like any um, manager. And we also saw Yakimete come back in for, for Lucas Schell. Disappointed to see Tom Holmes miss out, Paul. Because I feel like it does make us weaker defensively, but we did see the reintroduction of Scott Dan to the to the starting eleven today, which was um, an interesting experience for the start of the game. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's a shame that Tom Holmes missed out because he's been in excellent form. Um, there's no doubt on that. But Scott Dan, now that is a tricky one, isn't it? Because in the first 10, 15 minutes. He looked about my age, and that is not good for a professional footballer in the championship. I'm 47, by the way. So it was an utter car crash of a performance. Well, let, let me crash. finish, Matt. Let me finish. Um, he wasn't looking great in that first 15 minutes at all. Totally. Um, he was okay for big periods of the match, though. We can talk about the goal later, but. Was he horrific? No, I don't think he was horrific. But, yeah, Holmes was probably above that level this season, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first 10 minutes, especially, you're right. He looked he looked very out of place, I'll be honest. Very out of place. And, I mean, first chance that West Brom got, he ended up left on the floor as one of the West Brom players ran at him from 25 yards out. And he ended up just kind of tripping over his own feet, Matt. And this ended up with a really good save from Joe Lumley from six or seven yards. I think John Swift laid it off to to a striker who who shot from six or seven yards. I think Swift probably could have taken it on himself potentially, but he laid it off and Lumley makes a, a good save. It is kind of straight at him, but it's a good save to keep us at nil-nil so early on. Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good save. It's one of those that I kind of looked at and I thought, you know, Swift against his former club. I mean, if that's me, I'm shooting and giving it the big one to the away fans, to be honest, you know, like he was booing him and everything. So, <laughs> like, I was a bit surprised that Swift didn't didn't shoot himself. But, I mean, Scott Dan, I don't know whether or not he's slipped over or if he's uh, tried to do a slide tackle to an invisible person. I can't really work out even what, what he was trying to, what even happened, to be honest, like and like I think he just kind of clumsily fell over his own feet. I'll be honest. It's it's not good. It's really not good, you know. But I mean, he's been out. I guess all you can say is he's been out of football for seemingly since the dawn of time. Um, 
you know, so he did get better through the first half and through the game, it has to be said. Um, but, you know, th- those first 15 minutes and that chance, to be honest, it, it, it was it's one of those that, you know, if that's Reading, you're saying they've, you know, you've got to be scoring that. Lum League makes a great save. Can we just talk about the formation that Pauline started with today? Because as bad as Scott Dan was in those first 15 minutes, that was a car crash of a formation that we started with. That was just asking for West Brom to come on to us, just attack us. You cannot play in a match like that. In fact, I don't think there's many games in the Championship where you can just have Carroll up front on his own because it just really limits us so much. So the first just, You need someone there with him. Yeah, I think the first 15 minutes, we struggled at all with ball retention. And yes, we're not a very good side at keeping the ball anyway, but West Brom are clearly a much better side than us. And I think if you line up with Carroll, basically, and the first 15 minutes was, I think, Carroll just up top kind of on his own with Matey was like shadow striker, but he wasn't he wasn't close enough to be effective to keep the ball. But you ended up with us not keeping the ball and they're just coming straight back at us every time. And the first ten, probably first 15 to 20 minutes, I would say, Hendrick and Loom, they weren't passengers necessarily, but they were they were very anonymous in front of the defence. Both of them were very reluctant to go and press on the ball when the ball was in, in West Brom's possession in midfield, which meant that it was getting played through them and neither of them were actually affecting the game in any way whatsoever. So we really struggled in that first 15 or 20 minutes to just even make it out of our own kind of like final third, which just results in us just giving away so many chances. West Brom in the first 15 minutes had 87% possession. I mean, that's a bit frightening, isn't it, Matt? I mean, that, that <laughs> how we didn't concede in those 15 minutes is a miracle. And Joe Lumley, basically. Yeah, no, well, like, um, kind of as... As you guys said, kind of the way the way the team was was set up, like I guess it, it's well, it, it's not that we played a different formation to kind of the rest of the season. I think it's more because well, because you know Carroll's played up top on his own at times through the season, you know, with Ince and Mate, you know, playing almost as you know wide inside forwards, whatever you want to call them. Um, but it was more kind of the fact that I mean, Lumen Hendrick. I'd I'd almost say for the entirety of the first half were just uh, well they, they they were almost non-existent you know I mean Swift I, I I lost count of how many times Swift found himself on about with you know ten fifteen yards of space on the edge of our box seemingly you know that there was nothing almost between our back five and Andy Carroll up front you know that there was nothing in between and you know when you when when you're giving a team like West Brom that much freedom to have that much space in where your midfield needs to be and, you know, where you need to be pressuring them, you know, you're going to give away chances. And I mean, it materialised and well, how, how it wasn't, you know, two, three, no, after 15 minutes, you know, who knows, you know, it was, we ended up, we ended up with Lumley making another save about two minutes after that first save, uh, which was, a, it was a long shot, maybe 20 yards out or so, Paul. And again, this is a good save by Lumley. The rebound is is followed up on by DK, but it's it's blocked. And there was a lot of kind of it felt like desperation football, didn't it? It felt like we were in the last ten minutes of the game, not the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it was one of the most one sided matches we've seen, wasn't it? Really, I mean, it's probably up there with Sheffield United 
in that first like 25, 30 minutes. He was completely, I mean, you've got to ask yourself how West Bromov managed to get himself so far adrift from the top two, because there's clearly a quality team in there. And I mean, that's for them to deal with. But looking at us, I thought Loom was okay. I discussed this with Matt earlier and we disagree, which is fine. But I think when he had the ball, he did as much as he could. It was very limited space. I thought Hendrick wasn't very good, but it's it's kind of like, I don't know what you do with Hendrick. Who else are we going to play for Hendrick? No one. I mean, Alex, come in, is there? Alex and I had this conversation on the way out from the ground. And I mean, I don't think Loom had particularly a great game like yesterday. I mean, he's not really been great in many games this season, that being said. But like, I'm starting maybe to think whether or not playing next to Hendrick, and this is what we were discussing, actually is now starting to become a hindrance for for Loom. Because I guess what he's good at is running about, chasing down and trying to make tackles. He's not the player to get his foot on the ball to start spreading passes left, right, centre, you know, or to try and be a progressive midfielder. He's an enforcer in front of the back, in front of the back five. Although I will say, I think today his passing was better. And that's not saying he's suddenly become like, you know, the next Iniesta or something. However, I think his passing going forwards, he was spreading the play better than he has ever done for us. Um, He's not suddenly going to turn into, you know, the next, next great midfield uh, ticky tacky player, but I do think he was better today moving the ball around. Um, but you're right. I think playing next to Hendrick, I do think it limits him in what he's going to do. Um, that's not to say I think he's an amazing player, but he definitely struggles playing next to Hendrick because I feel like he ends up covering for Hendrick and his area of the field. Yeah. What you need is a better player alongside him, basically, isn't it? Who does all the kind of like the probing, the like little cute passes, the clever movement. I mean, I mean even if we had Fornar in there, we could perhaps rotate it slightly, but he well, can't because he's injured. So it's what it's, it's what just... Alex and I have said, um, and what we were discussing on the way back. Like if you put Fauna in there, at least you've got a progressive type of player that can actually get his foot on the ball. Has got a, you know a good range of passing. Again, he's not he's he's no Iniesta or anything, or you know any you know top level championship passer. But at least he's going to be better than better than Hendrick, and also seemingly might not go anonymous in you know hundred percent of the game like Hendricks seems to do you know like the thing that frustrates me with Hendrick at this point is that you know he's been here for six months and I just I don't know his role I don't know his role I don't know what kind of a player he is and you know for someone that's you know supposed to be a Premier League player it's just really disappointing really to to really be saying that because you think this guy should have a lot of quality and he probably does you know he's shown it in very small flashes so far this season but you know, you can't be showing it just once in every, you know, five, six games, you know, in the championship when you've got games Saturday, Tuesday. So wh- whether he's a bit tired, I don't know, maybe the break that he's seemingly going to get with Watford coming up instead, obviously he's going to hit him and Ince is going to be definitely rested. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, we'll see. On the tiredness point, I think that was another factor in the opening spell. I mean, we've played, was it three games in six or seven days with our squad? It's pretty difficult. And also the age of a lot of our players. We've got the second oldest squad in the whole of the championship. And it's, you know, at times like that, it will begin to show. Um, they're going to have a weekend off though, Alex, aren't they coming up now? So for a lot of them. Yeah, I imagine we'll see quite a lot of rotation this weekend for the, for the FA Cup game. It, it does frustrate me, the kind of the usage of the, the players being tired and stuff, because we don't, like, we made three changes today, granted, but... We haven't rotated in the midfield at all. 
we haven't rotated this like Carroll has started all three games uh, and he's you know he's meant to be one of the players who uh, I mean in at least in the fans minds he's meant to be one of the players who struggles to finish 90 minutes yeah he started all three games um Mate has started two out of three yet we've got Long and Jao sitting on the bench uh, it doesn't it doesn't really ring true to me that we can by that all the players are exhausted when we don't really rotate the squad in a way that is sufficient to, to help them all out in that, that manner. Yeah, I think the problem is we've got so many strikers now, Fair, is that I don't understand why Long and especially Lucas Jow haven't got more time. I, I just don't understand that at all. Um, that's very it's baffling. I find that baffling. But what I also think was today that would didn't help the team was Tom Ince didn't have a good day today at all. But that doesn't mean, doesn't take away from the rest of his season. And that really affects our team because he's our best player, essentially. And if he doesn't play well, it brings the team down as well. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I think it was probably Ince's worst game in a Reading shirt. He was really sloppy on the ball. He tried to do way too much when he did have the ball. Didn't look for the simple passes. Just it was a really, really poor performance from Tom Ince. And I imagine he's aware of it. He's not, you know, he's not going to be oblivious to the fact that that wasn't his best best showing in a Reading shirt. So, yeah, the weekend off for Tom Ince is probably going to do him some good, in all honesty, after having played, yeah, three full games in, in six days. Let's get back to the first half. Reading did have one chance in the first half, Matt. Yaku Mate managed to get the ball down on a byline just inside the penalty area on the left-hand side, and he cuts the ball back to, to Junior Hoyle, who's probably about 10 or 11 yards out, I think, on the right-hand side of the penalty area when it when it falls to him. And he, having watched the replay, I think he probably should do better with this because it's it's quite a big opportunity for us to take the opening, opening goal here. Yeah, it probably looked more of a clear goal-scoring opportunity when we were in the ground. Um, I have to say, I thought in the ground, I thought, you know, how has he missed? I probably, it's one of those chances which you look at and you think, you know, well, certainly when you know you're going to be under the caution, you know, you're away from home, those sorts of chances you've got to be taking. I mean, it's it's probably about 10 yards out on the right. He's completely free. The keeps on the wrong side of the goal. And I mean, he just doesn't get any sort of connection on the ball. He doesn't get any power. And he essentially just passes it pass it with some venom i'd say you know it, it was it was a forceful pass straight back to the keeper's legs seemingly you know it was he just he doesn't put it in the corner he doesn't get any elevation on it it's just one of those that you just look at and you just you just like like in a game like this you just need to take those chances in those moments you know this isn't a team that's going to create 10 15 chances you know every game you know so those those ones that come would it have been undeserved sure yeah it would have but you know you're you're at nil nil at that point. The fact that it might be undeserved is irrelevant, really. You know you've got to take that chance when it comes, and it's it's a shame that it's a shame, well shame for us anyway that it didn't. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's probably the biggest chance that we had. I would say of the first half, especially. Um, if we move in, if we move into the second half, the I think the second half is probably. I think it's more even. There's less chances being created by West Brom, certainly. We're not necessarily creating any chances of us of our own, but it, it feels like we're at least holding our own in the game by this point. Uh, up until 60 minutes, Paul, 
the ball ends up on the right-hand side. Guinness Walker, who I think he struggled defensively today, um, and maybe that's not surprising against the, you know a higher quality opposition in this division, but he did struggle defensively. He doesn't manage to block the cross, and DK kind of ghosts off of the back of Yeardom. Uh, sorry, the, he ghosts off of Yeardom and kind of ends up behind Scott Dan, who doesn't really realise he's there. Scott Dan misses or doesn't get on the clearance from the cross, and DK has like a low diving header to to make it one 0 Lemony's got really got no chance from from five yards out, and it's although it's a frustrating one to concede, it, it almost felt kind of inevitable because West Brom were putting the ball in the box so much from crosses, and at one point they had to get something on the end of one of them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, no one can say that West Brom didn't deserve to win today. Um, they had so many, not like like eight or nine chances to score but they had more than enough and more than us and a higher quality chances than us but the goal see this is a problem with uh, Guinness Walker isn't it and the Tom McIntyre situation that we've now got a left back as I'm kind of eliminating Baba Raman because he's not really good defensively and he's not adding us anything attacking wise so he's kind of like ticked off negatives in both boxes what do you do um if he stops the cross probably not a goal isn't it? You know, we might come away from there a draw. We might not. But you've also got to say Scott Dan Yidham should do better there as well. So it's a combination of factors. But I don't know. I don't know what you do with that position at the moment. Um, it's a bit of a problem. If we could find another left back, it would be brilliant. But there's no way we're going to get one. <laughs> so you're not, you're not seriously considering we continue with the Tom McIntyre left back experiment or left wing back surely please i am against the better teams yeah yeah so i can understand the desire to play mcintyre against the better teams in the division because he is better defensively than guinness walker no doubt about it but he offers a zero going forwards guinness walker does offer us something going forwards but you definitely see a drop off at a left back um and i mean today you could see mcintyre was so much more comfortable at left center back and he actually he had a, a really good game. game. A very good game, to be honest, yeah. Magnetar, I think. Um, I, I I think you almost are... You're kind of drawn into this world where you, you don't really leave yourself any option but to play Giddis Walker, in my eyes, um, for the majority of your games. Because I think we're all agreed, generally, amongst most Reading fans, that, that Babaraman doesn't offer enough. He doesn't offer enough going forwards. He's not good enough at the back anyway to, to justify that McIntyre whilst good defensively he's prone to kind of being on and off at left back I think and it really depends who lines up alongside him at, at left centre back Saar alongside him at Norwich was a was a nightmare um, and then Guinness Walker is he's not great defensively I think that's that's pretty fair to say he's not he's not a good defender however he isn't I don't think he's going to necessarily make huge mistakes every week. And I think that if he, if you can get a good game from him, one in two, one in three, perhaps, where he does something positive going forwards, I feel like it kind of, you, you almost just kind of have to take the rough with the green, as Lancy would say, and, and accept the, um, you know, accept the bad defending that he might throw in on occasion because he's going to offer you something going forwards at least. Thing is, though, if Holmes was you know, not ill, would he? Would McIntyre have played at left-back? We'll never know, will we, today? I highly because doubt it. 
you just don't know though none of us know you don't know do you don't know but no. like i think i think to be honest and you know we, we we've had the discussion about kind of what he offers going forwards but i think for me norwich away you know showed kind of the the immense limitations even when you're playing against the good teams of actually playing mcintyre at left wing back because it's just it essentially means that you know you're, you're playing a very good team like yes it might keep you more defensively stable but it means going forwards all all you know a West Brom or a Norwich or a Sheffield United are going to have to do is shut down your right hand side and then they've got control of the game because you're the, not going to be able to do anything else the interesting thing I think about McIntyre and today you saw it at one point actually in the, the point we're about to discuss um once Zhao comes on McIntyre at centre-back he he does roam and he gets forwards and he actually becomes creative when he's at centre back. But at left back, he doesn't have that at all. Well, he he did it a lot, lot earlier. He did it a lot earlier in the season where he it's almost like I, I think we discussed it a bit earlier in the season as well, where, you know, each year Dom's almost at right centre back and McIntyre's at left centre back. And both of them almost, you know, in that kind of wilder centre back overload type, you know, um, tactic both have freedom to then move forward and kind of spread the play and I guess it's why maybe some people want to see him you know experimented at you know defensive midfield because he's got this actual kind of ability to actually he is happy to drive with the ball McIntyre so I, like I, I think having him there at left centre back makes a lot of sense um, left back I'm, I'm yeah I'm less sure on him at left back but I can kind of understand why people don't want to see Guinness Walker play because defensively he just isn't all there yet. Essentially, we've got three not ideal options at left back, have we? Yeah. There's not one I, of them that stands out, really. It, it, yeah. it, to me, it feels like you just kind of have to take the, the best positive from them all and, and go with that one. To like, And that's what I would do. Paul Ince might be different. He might end up playing Babaraman for the next 25 games. But... We'll see. I think you're right, Paul. Ideally, you would go out and get another left back, but that is probably an unrealistic um, expectation for for January. So we'll we'll move on from from that conversation for now. We do try and push for an equaliser, um, particularly in the last ten minutes or so. Tom McIntyre plays a nice ball into Lucas Shell's feet, um, who I think it's fair to say he was quite involved once he came on. Matt Lucas Shell. Um, this one goes into his feet kind of at the edge of the area and he produces a nice piece of footwork to draw a save from, well, actually, no, a deflection from um, from the West Brom player and we win, a, we win a corner off it. And I think it's a really difficult one to to see, especially once Zhao and Long came on, why Zhao doesn't get a bit more time because we did look more threatening from open play once he came on. Yeah, you know, I think... When you have Andy Carroll on the pitch, you're very forced to play one way, you know, and it's not a way that helps Lucas out. And to be honest, and kind of in the situation that we're in right now, you know, I kind of feel that just having having Lucas out on the pitch will just give you more chance of, you know, wins because he can do things at his feet that no other Reading player can do. He can produce finishes that no other Reading player can do. He's He can make things happen. He's probably the one player that you'd look to in in a team, probably, or in the team at the moment, bar possibly Ince, who you'd look to and say, right, you can come and change the game for us now. You know, and that's what he nearly did today when he came on, Zhao. You know, I think maybe fans might... I, I, I 
I don't know, maybe be on his back slightly because he didn't score. But at the end of the day, he's had 30 minutes to, or not even 30 minutes. It was 20 minutes, I think, by the time he came on, you know, to try and do something. And, you know, I like I, well, we, we, we said that, you know, I just, Paul Lynch just seemingly just doesn't fancy Lucas Schell for whatever reason. Maybe he prefers the striking style of Andy Carroll. Maybe he prefers the experience. I don't know. But I think when you've got, when you've got a goal scorer, like Zhao bottled up at the moment, you know, and just essentially just put out to the side, you know, uh, I would just like to see a run of three or four games of Lucas Zhao in the team at, at this point and not next to Carroll either, because Lucas Zhao next to Carroll, again, as, as Norwich showed, just doesn't work. You know, they are polar opposites of, of the play styles. I think I agree. I think it would be good to see Zhao get three or four games because ultimately, if if he isn't going to score in those three or four games, then yeah, I get it. You you can put him back on the bench and and not start him and go back to playing Cower and Mate up front. But when we're struggling to score from open play as much as we are, I think it it feels like you should at least give him a shot for us to try and do something from open play. Yeah, I mean. The thing is about Lucas Jow today is he showed his ability. You can you know he wasn't devastating, but you, you get that extra element of his game. Um, I would add that West Brom sat off slightly after they scored. But uh, yeah, was I agree. I think once they sat off, yeah, yeah once Jow comes on, they definitely are sitting back slightly. They're, there's, yeah. they're, they're not dominating the game in the same way, were they? They weren't like trying to hold the ball and, and push. I mean, they still had two great chances. I mean, <laughs> it's West Brom, but. You expect that because we're pushing up, so that's inevitable. But I, I do think that, I mean, the thing is when Andy Carroll actually got the ball today, he linked the play a lot better. But the problem is his pure presence causes an issue for the rest of the team. So it is a kind of tough one. And yeah, I, I'm sure that Lucas Joe will start next week, surely. I'd be surprised if he doesn't start, yeah, against Watford in the, in the yeah. Cup. Um, we'll we'll wait and, wait and see whether you know, whether that makes a difference to him starting in the league or not. We did have the the Jao kind of deflected shot, which went out for a corner. We, we'd made one last big chance from, which I think if we'd scored here, we, we probably could have gone on a kind of point quite comfortably because at that point it felt like West Brom had kind of shut down for the for the day. And the corner comes in from, the, from our right-hand side, Paul. Shane Long gets a flick on at the near post. Really good flick on, to be honest, and Long. And it... <laughs> It falls to probably one of the worst options that it could have fallen to in Baba Rahman, um, who heads it over from, what, four or five yards? Yeah, um, yeah, there was no other... Yeah, it was the worst option. I mean, uh, of all the players it could fall to, you want that to fall to a Lucas Jow, you want that to fall to a kind of Tom McIntyre, any, any central defender would have been ideal there, just to power it in. You know, no, no no subtlety. Just get that ball on target, powerful header, and it's probably a goal. But instead, kind of like he gets too far ahead of the ball and he has to lean back slightly. And, oh, it's just a bad effort. It's a it's horrible, bad. horrible effort. And, yeah, you kind of knew then that was the game over. You, you always live a slightly in hope. But you thought that's the one golden moment in this half. And, yeah. It's just not working for Babar Ramam at all, is it? It's just not his season at all. No, I agree. And it's a frustrating one because it, it's not a challenged header for him there. He really is a free header. And 
I think if it, if it falls to any other, you know, nearly any other player we have on the field, I think it's, it's they're at least going to get it on target. But yeah, to miss the target, Lansley from three or four yards out is a, it's not good there. Um, no. And ultimately, I think it probably, as Paul said, that was our last opportunity, and it ultimately probably costs us a point not scoring. Well, it does cost us yeah. a point not scoring there, but it's a it's a really big chance to miss. Yeah, I mean, everyone was saying it in the stand at the time, you know, that, that I mean, that that's pretty much the game right there, you know. Um, I mean, but for but for Ram, Raman to miss, I mean, it's a cardinal sin, really, at that point. You know, you've, you've, you, for, well, for whatever you think of the performance of, of today, you've stayed in the game and you've kept it 1-0. You've kept it to a point where you only need one little bit of quality. You know, you only need one moment and you're walking away a lot happier. You're walking away with a point. So in a sense, the team actually did very well there just to keep it keep us in the game at that point but when a chance comes up like that you've got to take it you know i mean like 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 paul said he's he's going backwards a bit he's it's just it's dreadful it's a really bad miss but yeah it's just for whatever reason it's not quite clicking for for Raman this year you know i would have thought maybe coming back from the world cup because he had a okay world cup he might have you know been able to kick on a little bit like Loom has, you know, in, in, in a bit, Loom's performances have got slightly better since the World Cup. I know that wasn't hard from before, but, you know, it's an improvement. Um, with Rahman, it's just petering out at the moment, you know. And I I, have to, I didn't really understand fully the, the decision, actually, to bring Rahman on, really, in the first place, because we were trailing. Ince has come out after Norwich and saying that, you know, Guinness Walker is our best offensive wing-back. And if you're chasing a game, why are you taking off your best offensive wing-back in that situation? for Rahman it just didn't really make sense to me in that in that in that moment you know who knows if he doesn't come on what what happens at that corner but um but yeah he's got to be scoring it's a subject for another day but I really struggled with Ince's substitutions today and picked out of a hat I think you said after the game it just yeah it just it just feels like when he makes substitutions it often feels like there's no plan and I like I praise his substitutions at Norwich but Ultimately, I praise them probably because of the result at the end, the fact that they worked and Guinness Walker won a penalty. However, it's it doesn't feel like there's necessarily a plan with the substitutions that come on. Zhao and Long came on today, and and, and Baba Rahman came on, and it felt like what was the what like as you say, you're taking off your best offensive wing back after Hoylet's already come off for Mbengue. You're then taking off your best offensive wing back, but for what for what means, what purpose? It, like it doesn't. The substitutions often just feel like they're just kind of like, well, it isn't working at the minute, so I'm just going to throw on some other players and hope for the best. There doesn't seem to be like a an idea or a, a meaning to any of the substitutions that we make a lot of the time, and it's it's a really confusing one to watch. It's a different part of the topic, but like I said at the beginning of the podcast, how did we manage to decide to play one up front, and that one was Andy Carroll today? That was baffling for the first 15 minutes. Anyone who's, I mean, I just find that a weird one, a really weird one, considering how West Brom play, the form they've been in, how we've played for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. And it, you, you are like a bit on a roulette sometimes with Paul Lynch. I'm never quite sure what's going to come up. Yeah, it's 26 games and 26 different starting lineups. So, you know, maybe we'll get an unchanged lineup against. Um... Uh, QPR next weekend in the league. Who knows? But we will be back later on this week for a preview of the Watford 
game in the FA Cup, which is Saturday lunchtime, and expecting lots of changes and probably quite a small crowd and a very small lack of interest, a very small amount of interest from both Watford and Reading fans around the world. Um, but we'll be we'll be covering it as as always. Uh, and then we'll be back next week for the league game against QPR as buzzing well. Buzzing for that, Alex. Buzzing for that Watford game now. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, third round of the FA Cup where Paul Lintz has already said it's not a priority and 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday. Can't, cannot wait. Watford lost about four players today through injuries. I believe they're down I believe they're down 15 players now due to injuries. They've got one central midfielder fit currently and his name is Leandro Bakuna. So oh, watch out for that on Saturday. The return of Leandro Bakuna potentially. This could be interesting. Add that now. No, there's a, there's a reason to get down to the SEL for Saturday. Get down there and boo Leandro Leandro Bakuna on his return. There we go. Well, that that's going to make it all worthwhile, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> if that's not a reason to go, then then I'm sure no one else is going to be able to find I've, one. I've tried my best. I've tried my best. If you if you've enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a, a review on iTunes and. Spotify five-star review would be lovely. Uh, click the subscribe button or follow button on, on your podcast feed. Uh, we will be back before the weekend. And until then, have a great week. Cheers. <laughs>